This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast number 616, brought to you by Harry's. To get your free trial, go to harrys.com slash iFanboy right now. That's harrys.com slash iFanboy. And iFanboy listeners just like you. Be 
queen. Hello, welcome to iFanboy, Pick of the Week, episode 616. Back by popular demand, it is I, Ryan Haupt. <laughs> you know what? You're not entirely wrong. I'm, I, I can give you shit for it, but people seem to enjoy you being on the show. So that There were several tweets and several comments on the website, and I read every single one of them, and thank you, you are my people. Mi gente, gracias. Connor Kilpatrick has uh, joined a crabbing team and is at sea. He will be on next season's show, Deadliest Crabs. I just, I just want you to picture that for a second. Like grumpy in some sort of not really weatherproof soaked jacket, just standing on a cra- still like with, still with his bald head, like he refuses yep. to wear a toque. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. I've never heard that term in my life. It's a it's what Canadians call what we would call like a wool beanie. Okay, I've heard that. Yeah. I'm wearing one right now. Well, there you go. And you're not far from Canada. It's true, relatively speaking. We are a fanboy, and every week we read a stack of comics, and one of us picks their favorite book, and we call that the pick of the week. We talk about that book, other books from the week, the patron pick, and maybe if we have some time, we'll read some listener mail, as long as it's better than the Golden Girls. Patrick. It'll be fun. <laughs> that was that was the one time when the person who sent in the question apologized after the fact. <laughs> no, that was great. Um, and you will have fun, even if you are Patrick. And this is your spoiler warning, because this is a review show. We will be spoiling everything just because we can. So use some caution, use some common sense. And this week, as you might have guessed, Josh had the pick. Mr. Miracle number six. This um, was the correct pick. Was it, was it the correct pick? It absolutely was. This is getting to be one of those books that I I don't even I don't even know. I'm just like I finish I look at this book and all the other ones that I read this week, and they're not operating in the same sphere. It, it's just you know like every like other stuff I read. Oh, that's good. That was entertaining. Whatever. Um, I read through Mister Miracle, and and the the trick here for me is that I don't know that I have anything else to say about it than I didn't before. But other than it was obviously there was nothing better than this. Um, but if I had to pick one reason, and it's going to be a specious one, uh, it would be the variant cover by Mitch Gerrids, um, uh, that is, uh, Mr. Miracle's face sort of screaming and being closed in by some, I don't know, it looks like a tape and a paper bag, um, which was the variant cover for some reason. Um, you know, nothing against the sort of the main cover, uh, here by, uh, oh, the main cover was by Nick Darrington, which was just lovely, but, but Mitch's cover was... All week I kept seeing it like in in previews or whatever, and I was just like, God, "That's amazing! That's just gorgeous." Um, so you have uh, a marital spat of sorts. Not even. It's a discussion. It's past. Actually, this is interesting because this to me I recognize. Uh, we're talking about Barda and Scott Free, and they're talking about um changing the apartment around. And it's actually not an argument. It's a discussion. But there is to me what I I suggest what I'm noticing is a layer of fatigue. Like, we're okay, we're going to discuss this thing. And they're past the point of being really passionate about arguing about it, but they just are going through the motions of the discussion that they have to have. It's not really an argument. It's very, like, advanced marriage material here. Um, it, yeah, I mean, we're, we're both married, guys. Uh, this definitely is very reminiscent of discussions I've had where I'm essentially just agreeing to something that's already been decided for me. Uh, but, but the... But, Everything has to be explained to me why I'm agreeing to this. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So you haven't I'm, actually hit that next stage, which is, which is you don't really want to know, have to know, or care to know, but you, your partner needs to tell you, and you need to take enough interest that you're listening to what's being told to you, even if it's not really a thing that you're. And that's what I feel like this is. You know, you're totally right because I have had moments where I've tried to explain 
to my lovely wife that like you've already convinced me you don't need to keep going so you're saying i I shouldn't do that (laughs) i i will do that where there's a there's a question like is this okay and my answer is either yes no or i don't care and i don't care is not an acceptable answer why not though it, it should be because i don't have an opinion like I, I and even if you did, you'd be all that would happen is you would be told why you're wrong. Pretty much, pretty much. I'm not. It it feels like you're still fighting some battles where we have other we have other uh, other hills to conquer. Basically, uh, yeah. You're you're getting the grad degree, and I'm still an undergrad. Yeah, and it, it, nothing wrong with that. You got to go through that. You got to you got to you got to go through the routine. So the whole time they're having this conversation about uh, basically remodeling their apartment, um, which at which point, by the way, just move. You don't need to keep the apartment. Go somewhere else. Um, no, no, no. Because sometimes you buy an apartment and you have to deal with what you got. Well, I know, but they're they're a they're gods, and b he's a celebrity, so he's got you know he's got some some resources. Um, they are fighting their way through. Uh, are they on are they on New Genesis? I assume. Yeah, they're going to confront Orion. Right. Um, so all the people are trying to capture them to deliver uh, Scott Free for his execution, which he was uh, which he was sentenced to by Orion. Uh, and they go through all of these death traps, and they dispatch every one of the other sort of bad guys who come with uh, with aplomb, without much effort or sweat, because they're still talking about this apartment that's going on. Um, here's your spoiler thing that we warned you about. The the reveal at the end uh, is that um, she's talking about leaving, and I, I, I picked up on this. Uh, she's talking about making another room, and the reason that a couple would need to make another room is because uh, a baby is coming. Um and then you find that out, and then the moment—that's the exact moment that they run. They they show up outside of um, Orion's uh, throne room, and we find Orion has been on the ground killed, and and Darkseid is there. Um, and that's kind of where it ends. And I don't know what to make of it, um, in typical Tom King fashion, sort of. Like I, I know that was good, I understand it, but I don't know. I don't have all the information yet, but I'm I'm on the hook. Well, we've talked before. Well, we I say we because when you listen to a podcast, it's a conversation, not just sure. you listening to something. Um, you guys have talked before about uh, Tom King really plugging into the nine panel structure as a way to tell clean and concise stories. But I don't know if it's Tom King or Mitch Jarrett's or the the collaboration between them. But there was some meta panel based storytelling here that was just oh, mm-hmm. it was it was, you know, chef's kiss. The the. Yeah, I, I think I see. I see what you're saying. I mean, I I feel like because they've been through all of this and all of Sheriff of Babylon, like, you know, they've been working within this, so now they're feeling free to stretch out, but sort of within these confines, and it creates stuff that's really interesting. Um, I don't know. It seems like it would be a boring choice, but it isn't a boring choice, and I think that that's the artistry of it. Well, I think something I've thought about a lot is that. Um, we think of poetry as like a really creative art form, but a lot of, unless you're writing true free verse, free form poetry, you have to follow rules. And by following those rules, you're forced to be creative in ways you might not otherwise. And that's kind of what I'm getting from this. I think that's a very, that's a really good way to put it. And that's, that's definitely, and you know, that this that's just a smaller version of the, the comic book form. You know, your, your rules are, you know, you've got this size page, you, it's shaped like this, you have this many pages, you've got to do that. And this is taking that one step further. And I, and I think that in some people, um, that's, that's going to breed like a sameness and in other people that's going to like really spark something interesting. And, and that's, you know, obviously with this team, we're seeing the latter. Um, but it's a really good way to look at it. 
Um, it's almost like they've given themselves limitations. And it's funny because you've given yourself a limitation on one hand, but on the other hand, um, you've also limited the kinds of choices you need to make so you can focus on other choices that are more interesting to you. Because, you know, when you're writing a comic script, a big part of it is like, how am I going to lay this out? How am I going to tell this story? What's the pacing I'm going to use? And they've already made their decision here. And so then it's how am I going to use this? That's great. This is uh, We're getting to something here, I think. I like this. Because um, it's working, basically. It's very good. And I will never get tired of the dichotomous body type of Scott and Barda. It's yep. just the best. I really... I'm frequently noticing how this is one of those things. So like a big, this is the same thing. It's like a big part of, of laying on a comic book page is, is sort of figuring out where you're putting all the panels and everything. Um, and by not having to necessarily worry about the layout, I mean, like, I think we've seen Mitch Garrett's like grow by leaps and bounds in this. And I've said that before, but it's still, it's continuing. So just the figure drawing alone with these different types of bodies Especially um, that scene where they're crossing over the intestinal rope. Yep. Like you really get a diff- you get a sense of their differing mass and the way that they just move that you don't normally see in comics. And you know, is it because I'm a sloth researcher that I get excited when people are hanging from things? Maybe I don't know. But, uh, but, but like- you're right. Like there is a sort of a natural fluidity of motion there that you would think we would see more often in comics, but we kind of don't. Like because they're not doing those big super you know jack kirby dynamic poses they're they're moving well because barda's also like she's drawn with the mask that somebody might draw batman but batman moves like scott free moves and so there's often you're seeing characters who have body types that if they existed in the real world would be dwayne johnson Mm -hmm. but they're moving like that uh, like somebody on american ninja warrior um and this this is actually giving those two different body types a chance to showcase each of their you know benefits and limitations that's really cool i keep wondering at what point like this style of tom kingism writing is going to wear on me um meaning you know a lot of these stories that he's done not sheriff of babylon so much but a lot of the other stuff has been really good this and the vision um and even parts of batman um, recently, you know, they're, they're very, they're, they're relationship books at their heart. They're almost like indie comics, you know, the way that they're tackling relationships. And he's keeps, he keeps, you know, putting that, juxtaposing that across, across a sort of adventure superhero background. Well, this book, Mr. Miracle as a series has reminded me more of a once crowded sky, the novel that he wrote and mm-hmm. gave me a copy of because I was writing for your guys' site. So, you know, full disclosure and thank you for that, Tom. Uh, but this series reminds me of that more than a lot of his previous comics works that I've read. I have to make a confession. Uh, up on my dresser in my bedroom is a stack of, I don't know, five or six books. They've been there since I got them. Books that I, these are books I'm going to get to this. Um, now I'm not sure how long ago Once Crowded Sky came out, but it's still sitting there. Which really speaks more to my inability to find time to read books. Then so are you, are you are you saying you're going to commit for the end of the year all media wrap up no. 2018? Okay. Nope. 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 I get through Sorry. about a book or two a year at this point, and I find that it's greatly dependent on whatever it is I'm really interested in at the moment. And okay, most of the I'm time, a- it's nonfiction. That's how I get through stuff. I know that this episode is sponsored by a razor company. I hope Scott shaves. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, this was another really good issue. And, and like, we can belabor the point, but I think we, we actually got to a, 
some things that I think that we haven't picked out about it before. And I'm really just, this is the mid-series finale, so I think it's 12 issues. This is six of them. Uh, it's operating on a different level than everything else that I read this week, and that's why it's pick of the week. Um, these are two guys doing the best work they've ever done together, and they just happen to work really well together. Uh, I'm very glad they found each other uh, also to make things like that. Do you read action comics? I do read action comics. You do. What's your general feeling on where action, on how, how it has been? Um, I like the stuff. I like the storylines that involve Superman. I'm growing less and less interested in, in whatever Lois and John are up to. Okay. Let me back it up to a further point. Okay, so a, a friend of mine um, asked me what's going – he doesn't listen to the show, uh, at least not all the time. So he, he's like, what's going on with Superman? And I was like, well, there's a couple of things going on, but if I had to pick something, I would say go read Action Comics. And not because it is the best Superman that you can possibly get or it's amazing or anything – it does feel like old comics. It super does. Yeah. And I mean, Dan Jorgens is writing it. No, I know. But he's that there's when I say I don't mean comics, that as a dig. I'm just right, like, exactly yeah. like it's it's like the best of what comics used to be right. in this style happening now. And it does not feel antiquated, it does not feel uh, like, you know, like, oh, like it's a um, like a novelty thing. It feels like older comics in that there's too much going on. Yep. Everything's a little overwrought. Everything's a it's everything is dialed up emotionally. Um, not in like the X Men soap opery way, but in like a dramatis personae, like ah, yep, um, kind of way. And if I were to use my like adult critical uh, thinking hat, I might be able to find a lot of flaws in it, but. I find myself just enjoying it and looking forward to it a lot more than a lot of other books. Dan Jurgens writes a good Superman. He does. I mean, like, like he was right there the whole time and they could have just put him back on it. And he's probably somewhere going, see, I told you. Because they've been floundering around with Superman for years. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure this isn't selling gangbusters or anything, but it's probably not doing any worse than anything else was. And I, it's really enjoyable. So my friend that I told it came back and he's like, you're right. That was exactly what I wanted to read. Because he was of a certain age that knows a certain kind of comic book. Uh, and I, I like this story, by the way. I like this. Is a time traveling. Basically, Superman is trying to find out what happened with his dad. He's going to travel back in time to, uh, to Krypton before it blows up. And Booster Gold, who is very interesting, has to stop him because he doesn't want him to destroy the time stream. Uh, and we're off. And, and I, I, it's a really fun, stupid story. Superman flicks Booster Gold's dad in the head. Yes, he does. He does push him up. He, like he sh doesn't he shove him into the wall? Once he's flicked him, he's got to flick him into the wall first. You sicken me. And then he yeah, it's a flick. Because look at the previous panel. He's got his thumb over his finger ready for the. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking at it. So are, are you saying that, that that was not good? No, it's great. Okay, all right, all right. I, no, there's nothing that pleases me more than when Clark Kent, uh, while showing restraint, also demonstrates how incredibly powerful he is and how much he has to hold back with mere mortals. Yep, yep. I, I really like that, that they never um, they never backed off on the Booster Gold's dad being a prick. Right, no and the Booster around. is a criminal. Yeah, yeah. And, and Superman just... It's more, it's more about Superman coming to grips with 
why a person would indulge in crime than it is a redemption of Booster Gold. Booster Gold also created by Dan Jurgens. Yep, yep, yep. So this is so a this good. Is, yeah. This is right for them. Uh, not a big fan of Brett Booth, but, you know, it, it fit with the tone. It's fine. I, um, I really did like the last page. I thought the the reveal, you know, the statue of mm-hmm. Zod, uh, the design was really good. It reminded me of, like, um, the the first person in space, Yuri Gagarin, the, uh-huh. the Soviet cosmonaut. There's a monument to him that is the most Art Deco Soviet plated steel awesomeness you've ever seen and this kind of reminded me of that in a, in the right way um so i was for it. i can get with that i can i can get with that i just i like it's it's that thing where i don't want to say junk food that's not it but it's it's like it's not great comics but i'm really enjoying it i have been now for a long time um and i think it's it's more it's more fun than the regular superman book which isn't horrible but this know, it just has some flavor that i really like in there um good time uh i'm gonna i'm gonna start off again because i don't know uh wildstorm michael cray are you familiar with this i read the first issue because it was on the show Uh and then you panned it and so i had to get caught up this afternoon (laughs) because it was on the script and i'm i'm here to you know i'm here to run with the big dogs so so like the thing about i by the way you're showing a level of dedication that none of us on the actual show ever would have. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Why um, do you think people tweeted that they appreciated me? Yeah, I got it. I got it. Cause you try, you don't just try to, you don't just coast on, uh, on history and wit, uh, or the lack thereof. So here's the thing. You're right. The first time I read Michael Cray, uh, I, I wasn't fully aware that it was doing like an Elseworlds thing. And basically what this is, is a super spy who's got a bunch of power. He's hunting down, uh, super powered criminals, but those are all the DC heroes. And so the first time was it was him going after the killer. I think Green Arrow was the first one. Um, and I thought that's really stupid. But curiosity did get the better of me, and I've been reading them every time since then. If and, they hadn't if they hadn't dispatched with Green Arrow yep. quickly, like if they hadn't dealt with it. Yes. If if that had been the whole series, I would have hated this. Right. But if the, we were on issue four of six and it was the Green Lantern hunt. Or the Green Arrow hunt, I'd have been done. But it's every issue they they go after another one. They're just burning through it. And oh boy, do I not like this Barry Allen. <laughs> yeah, it's really like it's confronting. It is. It is. It, it, yeah, it goes against because it goes against all of your expectations of who these characters are and have been told to you a million times, and it treats them with no respect. Now this is lettered like an ultimate marvel comic yeah yeah with the uh lowercase but instead of bolding it some words are in all caps and i wondered how you felt about that i didn't notice it okay i'm looking well, you for will, it you will right now. now i'm looking for it now i remember when that was a thing it's the that... page up on the rooftop where um where they're all arguing and, and the guy pulls the gun on cray i see it at the end here when it's they, they call him the aquaman there's your spoiler if they are using the capitalizing to bold, uh, it's 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 with quite a bit of restraint. It's not it's That's not fair. like on every page. So, whatever. I do you remember when this was a thing that came out in Ultimate Spider Man? People were very up in arms about it. I don't remember that because Ultimate Spider Man. I'm going to date myself. Was one of the books that got me back into comics. It changed, but like it wasn't there at the beginning. It was later. Like they had really. I think I'm almost sure. And it was like is a there thing. a. Is there a craft reason why you would do that? I don't know. I, right. I, if I, you know what? If I had to guess, 
I would say that somebody was probably bored of doing things the same old way. And like either a letterer wanted to use different fonts or they just were like trying to figure out how to differentiate themselves in some way that nobody would really care about. Of course, but comic people all acted like they cared about it. But at the end, that turned out to be like completely, you know, it didn't matter. It's just a huge waste of time. Um, because basically lettering, lettering works or it doesn't. Like it's like it, lettering it, is good or bad. It does change the level of melodrama, I think. I can see that. I can totally see that. Because it is a little toned down, right? It feels it's a little more novelistic almost. It, maybe that's the thing. Like it's sub- subconsciously making you feel like you're reading a, a more adult story. Or just more prose and everything's a little bit more contemplative yeah. and and uh, methodical maybe. I don't know. It's something I've been thinking about because it also it seems to be a, a trick Warren Ellis has picked up. Uh-huh. Um, and he wrote he wrote some stuff for the Ultimate Comics line, but wasn't you know Brian Bendis was still the main voice for that. Um, so it's something I've just been thinking about. Hmm. So uh, this is I'm not going so far as to say good, but it is compelling. That's you fair. don't even have to read Wildstorm. You can just read this weird story about this guy killing rogue. They're not superheroes, but they would be in the other world. I do like the Wildstorm a lot, and I, do I don't even really associate. Now that I've pushed past the the bad first issue that I wasn't super into, um, this is just its own book. I don't even associate it with the Wildstorm. No. Also, I don't think that first issue was bad. I think that that first issue was against what – like, you didn't know what to make of it. It didn't set up what the series was actually going to be. Yeah. But but also but, – but there were other preconceived notions about it because of that. So – it's almost like how like we we came in with too much baggage. Well, that's true for so many things in this life, isn't it? Moving along. <laughs> um, slots. I wasn't sure on the second one of this, but I think on the fourth issue, uh, I'm starting to get a handle on who all the people are, and I'm enjoying it. Because I wasn't. I think the last time we talked about it, I was like, nah. I, I got a little ambivalent about it. I mean, I'm still, I'm still not quite there. It's, it's starting to um, gelatinize mm-hmm. and and set, but um, I could just stare at these pages for days. Well, I mean that that that's a really good point because I mean the strength of what's happening here is a lot to do with sort of just it looks looks so good and is produced so well that you know it cuts them a lot of slack on the story part. I absolutely admit that. But it is like the best looking thing. It really, really I mean, each page, um, there's something interesting to drink in. Panosian's one of those guys that I get the sense that he would be a superstar and could be a superstar, but he chooses not to. Yeah, I can see that. You know, like there's a few of those guys who who are just like it's it's almost like Adam Hughes, you know, like. If Adam Hughes was to be like, I'm going to do a monthly book, he would sell more than anybody in the world. But, eh, who can be bothered? You know, and I, I don't know. You know, I don't know that Pedosian has that kind of um, fan base, but he, he, he's, he's so good. I mean, like if you're just watching what he's doing here with the, the acting and the, the composition and and just even the production with this dot pitch coloring that's going on. I love the dot pitch coloring. It's so good, isn't it? It's very, very good. And I want to eat at the taco truck. Yeah, they've gone there like a hundred times. 
they keep going back in his taco truck and, and, and totally he never created. eats just one he always says like give me uh, give me one more taco and i'm like yes that's me at a good taco truck is like yeah. i can eat one more i just you're right that is a great ongoing theme that he keeps getting people to buy him tacos at the taco truck and they've gone multiple times it's not like a, it. it's not just it's, it's not just a background that they had to place something in when he's like you know we should send him back to the taco truck have they been to the taco truck this this issue? <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah, I don't know that I actually have a hell of a lot to say about it, other than it, it is another one of those things like I'm enjoying. It's it's actually not all that dissimilar to, to action comics, like or or well, even Michael Cray. Now that I'm at it, I'm really enjoying I, tone. Apparently, <laughs> that's my thing this week. I don't know anything about Dampanosian. Is this a, is this a personal story to him, or is this just? A story he felt like telling. I can only speculate. Um, so I don't know if it's a personal story to him. I'm getting a lot of shades of Darwin Cook in this. Um, hmm. D- Dan was was close with Darwin. He was, you know, he was in the wedding. Um, he was at the memorial that I went to um, with his really well-behaved son. He's like a little kid. And I was like, wow, that kid's really well-behaved at this thing. Um, anyway, uh, and... It feels like a Darwin type story. No, that's that's an amazing insight because yeah, Stanley Dance. I, yeah. I mean, you could almost, like almost be a stand-in for Darwin. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like he's got Darwin's like face in his expressions. Okay. I not you've actually made me really excited to reread this when when it's done because mm-hmm. that's gonna that's gonna bring something new to it. And so awesome. yeah, no, it's like there's a couple of shots of his like lower mouth with his teeth. And, and like our mm-hmm. Darwin there. And so it's, and, and also this is the kind of story that Darwin loved. Um, yeah. Tough guys being tough guys. Greasy, dames being dames. Yep. Greasy Vegas, you know, betting, drinking. Right. Off the strip. Mm-hmm. He's dressed like Darwin. Like it's, it's, oh, yeah. that's great. I'm so glad I asked that very odd question. And then you gave such an insightful answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't think that's an obvious thing. Like if you didn't know, like you, you'd have no way of knowing that, but it certainly adds a personal element to it. I think that makes it better for me anyway. <clears throat> um, now I managed to read runaways, uh, moments before I got on this call with you because I had missed nice. it for whatever. This is one of those books that like I've been reading every issue, but for some reason I don't see it when I'm picking out the comics. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not reading that. And then I'm like, Oh wait, I am reading that. Um, well, I mean, as has been well established in the uh, one previous episode, uh, Chris, on- if Chris Hong is on a cover, I'm probably going to read that book. Yep. And so and he's also doing interiors for this book and uh, the-, the guy can draw a book. Yes. Yeah. N- not only that, I, I don't know who uh, Rainbow Roll is. I've never heard that name. I'm going to assume it's a girl, but I don't know. Um there's something interesting about it. There's something unique about this voice. Um, while not being unfamiliar, I don't. These characters read like these characters, and it's it's. And if you know the characters, it's it's the voice. Yeah, the voices are nailed. Just to give a quick yeah. like, because if you're not following this book, um, Gert from the original Runaways team died, and now Chase has used a time machine to go and pluck her out of that moment of death, and brought her back to life two years after the events of her death. And so now the runaways have disbanded. Everyone's moved on. And Gert is having to deal with the fact that this team that she thought of as her family are kind of just all doing their own thing now. And she's not really a part of it. She's pretty bummed out. 
I would be too. And so now she, she's staying with Molly, who's living with her grandma, and her grandma is up to some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which which was very obvious, but they stretched it out for a while, which made you doubt it. Right, and uh, Chase is busy trying to bring Victor de la Mancha's head back to life, and Nico and uh, what's what's the yep. other Carolina? Oh, no. Yep, yep, yep having drama and it's just like i don't know it's it's over the top it's teen it's angsty but i'm i'm not over it yet so yeah here I am. I, i'm right there with you uh rainbow roll is is this is gonna be shocking she's a ya author and novelist oh. which is the which is the new stream for where we we get new comic creators now so if you want to break into comics now you should probably be a successful ya author um which is a better starting place than 10 years ago when it was like, you want to be a B or C level actor, then you could get comic (laughs) writing gigs. And this, this may, um, this may completely obliterate the positive comments on my appearances on this show, but I'm going to go ahead and be on record as pro chases man bun. Is it character appropriate? It is super is. All right. I think he's kind of an annoying douche. Yeah. I mean, mean, he's that way. He's got that thing on his chin. He's oh. he's V-neck. Yeah, I I think it's appropriate, and I think it works <laughs> uh, stylistically. He's got some some serious Richard sideburns going on. Yeah, Chris Anka's real good. He's really good. He tweeted out a style guide for these characters. Oh. I don't know if it's because he's in in anticipation of him moving on to other things, but like even just his style guide is uh, a thing to behold because he's got all these characters in different outfits and, you know, he, he's got a lot of that Jamie McKelvey, he can actually draw people in clothes that look stylish. Yeah. The anti-Brett Anderson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the anti-Alan Davis. Yeah, which, like, those guys are great artists, but sure. when it comes to drawing civvies as opposed to superhero costumes, th- th- there's... He's got this thing where it, it, like, there are certain pages where it starts to feel like it's really loose, like a, like an old Oni comic book kind of thing. And oh, then, interesting. And then it pulls together. And it's, it's, it's every bit as polished as you expect a professional superhero, quote unquote, comic to be. Um, and he, he's dancing in between those two things, I think, really well. And I think you could, you could genuinely make the argument that there's nothing happening in this book um, if you were looking for action. But, if you, I think one of the complaints that the other guys had about this when it first came out was that, like, you know, they didn't tell you anything. You'd have to know everything about it. And that's all true, but I did know everything, so I didn't need any backstory. And this is just an interpersonal drama, but from a YA author, obviously. And, and I, I think it works. Um, and also, it's drawn really, really well. So, so there's that. Well, there you go. Uh, let us move along. Hey, speaking of men's grooming um have have we told you people about harry's (laughs) i think we have but i think we're going to tell you about a little more because it's a thing that we actually like uh as you know a lot of people uh around the new year make a resolution uh some one of the things you could say i want to i want to i want to be smarter with my money well harry's going to save you a lot of money about a hundred dollars a year if you're a frequent shaver or if you're like me a lot less because i don't have to shave that often sorry uh if you want to take better physical care of yourself sure well men uh, harry's products have won countless grooming awards and they're going to keep you looking and feeling great sort of a uh, a whole body sort of thing you you want to feel good on the inside because of what you're doing and also have yourself all in good shape on the outside with with excellent products. Um, I use the Harry's. 
the quality razor blades. Uh, so why would you check out Harry's? Well, it's all about having a great shave at a great at a fair price, which is why over three million guys, it's gonna be three hundred, three million and one. I'm having the feeling pretty soon. Uh, I have switched over to Harry's. Jeff and Andy were just two regular dudes. They were fed up with getting charged an arm and a leg for razor blades. It's probably one of the reasons that you're not using razor blades. It's a whole racket. You gotta get into the case. You gotta ask them to unlock it like you're some kind of criminal. Jeff and Andy want to fix that. They stripped out all the unnecessary features. There's no vibrating handles or heated blades or 15 lubricating strips and all the unnecessary costs to deliver customers one perfect razor at an amazing price. A good shave comes down to good blades. That's the most important thing because Harry's owns the factory. They're able to deliver amazing quality blades for just $2 a blade compared to $4 or more that you're going to pay at the drugstore unless you live in one of uh, the metropolitan areas and they're $48 a blade, I think. I might be wrong. I had to pick some up in San Francisco one time and it was, I'm still paying for it. Uh, all the products are backed by a 100% quality guarantee. Um, Harry's is so confident that you're going to love their blades that they're going to give you their trial shave set for free. Right, are you writing this down, Ryan? Harry's.com slash iFanboy. You're just paying for the shipping. Um, claim your free trial offer from Harry's today. It's a $13 value. It's free. Again, when you, shine, you sign up, you just cover the shipping. Uh, you're going to get a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel, and of course, the coveted travel blade cover. Again, get to harrys.com slash iFanboy right now. harrys.com slash iFanboy. Let's move along. I'm not reading Avengers. I, for some reason, can't make myself interested in it. What do you have to say for yourself about Avengers 675? Yeah, so this is Avengers 675, story by Mark Wade and Al Ewing, uh, art by Pepe de Raz. And I, um, I, I, you know, I'm so lost on what Marvel's doing with their numbering <laughs> that I just, I check to see. And if it looks like a book is part one of a story, I'll check it out. <laughs> and this was. And apparently Avengers is going weekly now, Josh. Really? So as if there was any chance that you would ever read this. Now that's gone. That doesn't help. No, it doesn't. It almost Um, doesn't matter what you say at this point, unless it's Frank Whiteley drawing it. It is not Frank Whiteley drawing it. I have very little idea what's going on. I'll say that. Uh, And the two main things are Falcon's new costume. Now that he's back to being Falcon and is no longer Falcon cap. It's one of the worst costume redesigns I've ever seen. Ooh. It's just horrendous. It's boxy. It's clunky. It's terrible. And um, Jarvis uh, gets crushed by rocks. He's going to be okay, right? I'm pretty sure he is. Okay, good. But Rogue pulls together all the Avengers at the uh, mansion and acts like they can't spare one person to go check on Jarvis. And so the new wasp Nadia gets upset and storms off and beast follows her. And then a person shows up and I think it might be that Avenger X from Mark Wade's run on that, that like in the past book. All right. Do you remember what that one was? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't remember what it was called, but yes, it was like, I don't actually know that it's that woman, but so there's somebody who shows up at the end of the book. That's like, a big reveal and I don't actually know who it is. Hmm. Well, that's how it works. You'll know next week. See you month. next week. I guess we No, next oh, week. God, that's yeah, yeah, awful. Yeah. No. This has now become a Mike and Tommy snack situation and I'll see you next week. Oh, that's no good. Uh Kingsman Red Diamond number 5. Uh I've been reading this almost despite myself. Um Basically, getting by largely on the fact that I'm not super interested in the story or the characters. I really just like Rob Williams' script. Uh, I like the way that he writes, and I'm kind of becoming like a bit of a fanboy if he's doing a thing that I'm at all interested in. I will go after it. Um, 
What else has he done? Uh, he did. Uh, the, I mean, the thing that Royals, Masters of War. Yeah, before that, though, he did a book called Class War, which was like his indie debut. That was actually oh, yes, quite a long that. time ago. Um, but yeah, but Royals, Masters of War was sort of his his return to mainstream comics, which was a really fun uh, Vertigo miniseries. Uh, he did that book um, Unfollow or Unfollow. Oh yeah, Unfollow was good. Yep. Like he's he's just a he's good he's a British writer he's got a great he's got a great it? script yeah um hmm. and so like this is you know this was that Mark Miller thing they made a couple of movies you know I have a sense of who the characters are and what their voices are so so that helps um and it's kind of dumb but I find the scripts fun so that I've last page it. though yep yep that was that was a, a that was a last page. That's yeah. He's, he you know he's good at making comics, and I like his voice. And there's not a lot of guys. He's probably not. He's a new guy in a way, but I think he's been around for a while. It's just that he's getting his shot now. Um, you know, I, I I like that voice, and I and I am I'm really excited to see guys' names who are, or girls or whoever that I'm excited to read. So I I tend to check out that stuff. I am an advocate of guys as a non-gendered term. Yeah, Daredevil uh, five ninety seven <laughs> by a male Charles. Soul and Stefano uh, Landini. Yeah. And um, Matt Murdock is deputy mayor of all of New York City. This happened quickly. New York City. New York City. <laughs> Get a rope for the rest <laughs> of my life. <laughs> it's just salsa. Yeah. It's and just about salsa. It's not good salsa either. No, I made salsa the other day. It was way better. I'm sh- it wouldn't take much. To beat most well, store-bought salsa. So the Inhumans show up. How you feel about that, Josh? Um, I, did they? I totally don't remember that as a thing. Yeah, it's the 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 guy, the Inhuman. Oh right, yeah, the eye guy. I don't even think of him as an Inhuman. Like you say, the Inhuman show up, and I was like, I don't remember seeing black belt. Or it's because he wears thing. a suit, right? Like you don't think of an Inhuman in a suit and tie. Well, because he was NYPD. I remember his story now. I don't know how I feel about this. It's, I really liked the idea of Matt becoming deputy mayor. Uh huh. And then I also liked the idea that Kingpin essentially used that to, um, for lack of a better term, like kind of castrate him. Mm-hmm. But it, even though it went twice in directions I didn't expect yet appreciated the third time yes. it did that with the inhuman showing up i was just kind of like oh well he those are those are those are charles's characters he created that guy yeah i think uh here's my thing and i'm gonna go bring this up because uh ron's not here and ron works for marvel now so he can't say it um there's some real there's some faces in this that are not professional quality uh professional artist quality it's not it's not quite fully baked, and I don't know if that's the artist or the production or whatever. Both there's a couple of places in here, and I was like, "Nah, that's not, that's not ready to be it." This that's the worst foggy hair I've ever seen in my life. That is a bad haircut, and there's no need to do it like that. And he's drawn it, I guess, like the guy on the TV show, but no, nope, not down with it. Um, over to Flash thirty eight. Um, the ongoing saga of, uh, Iron Heights and all the prisoners and Flash not having a place to be. Um, but Scott Collins drawing it, which makes me really happy. Oh yeah, that's, that's good Collins. It is good Collins. He's the guy who's, it really does have that feeling of we're back to, we're back to the Jeff Johns days of Flash. Um, yeah, it's the big Flash versus Captain Cold thing. Uh, why, why did we add this to the list? Why is this here? 
What did you want to say? You, you guys have talked about this as being just good Josh Williamson comics. And um, I just want to add my my voice to the chorus, so to speak, and just say, yeah, this is good. Like for a while, they were doing a thing where Barry was really mean. And I didn't yeah. love that. Me neither. And they've kind of moved past it while there's still a little bit of an edge. And, and Barry is dealing with essentially like he's a, he's a superhero who's dealing with anger issues that he knows he shouldn't have. And mm-hmm. I like that. I mean, we've. We know the superheroes have to be angry because they're punching people all the time. But to have a superhero that is, according to Jeff Johns, the embodiment of hope, also kind of working through some of his anger and some of his issues uh, is interesting. And it works. It does. And I think that there's a, there's has been a slight tone shift. Like, they had to get rid of that. What's the negative flash force? They can get that out. Yeah, of the negative speed yeah. force. Yeah. Like, that. if that had stuck around an issue or two longer, I would have been like, ah, stop. And I mean, I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to introduce politics into this, but like there definitely is something to be said about the way our prison system works. Sure. And I don't know that this is the book that's going to make that point, but it's definitely saying something. And it's I don't saying think it's that the book sh- and I don't think it's the writer. Like, that's just not. But we shouldn't let supervillains keep wearing their costumes in prison. It's. A, I mean, that just seems like common sense. Take it away. <laughs> that's a lot of times that's where their powers come from. <laughs> <laughs> come on people let us away to patrons pick corner it's not a corner it should be a why isn't that a corner that just seems like we're just leaving money on the table it's not pick not real money patrons you, pick. Don't, pick, you don't pick to go in the corner oh, they get a pick i feel like it should be patrons pick corner no anyway, nobody picks to go in a corner the folks who go to patreon.com slash ifanboy to support the show uh they get uh, a vote and a book that we're going to talk about this week and every week, uh, the one that has the most votes gets the, we have to read it. We have to read it. We have to discuss it and we have to write it. And this week, the pick was old man Hawkeye. Number one, uh, by Ethan Sachs, a name I don't know, but I've since found out he's a journalist, uh, Marvel workhorse, Marco Cicchetto, uh, on art. And we are in the world of old man Logan, uh, but we're with Clint Barton. Who, uh, who's, who's having rough times. Right, and all I remembered about Old Man Hawkeye from Old Man Logan was that he was blind. Mm-hmm. And in this book, he's not blind. This must be before that. I learned that while reading. I see. I didn't remember enough about Old Man Logan. Like, you already remembered more specifics than I did about it. Well, I only remember that because he's the one driving, but he's yep. blind. That's and That's true. That's fun. I, uh, I'm just going to go ahead because I, I don't know where else to go with this. Uh, I didn't know what this was going to be. I didn't know um, anything. And I found myself instantly enjoying it. I and, love the art. Yeah. I, Marco Cicchetto is pretty strong. I, I you know, like he, he's definitely got it. And I think also depending on the way that he's, you know, colored and produced, um, it, it is better or worse. And I think this turned it's out a, pretty well. It's a little busy, but yeah. That also, like, the busyness, I think, is also exemplifying how much work he puts into a page. It's also, um, it's also indicative, it, it's, it's, uh, reminding me a little of, of the original McNiven. Yeah, no, that's um, he, actually, that's a really good point. I had not thought about that. Um, the Madrox gang, that's a great idea for how that would work. <laughs> it is, and it's great. Like, like, that, they're really interesting. This is another, this is a thing where, like, a lot of those concepts from Old Man Logan, which, which granted, like I read that miniseries and I know there's been other stuff with it since then, but I haven't read a lot of the other stuff. Um, so it still felt kind of new and fresh to me. 
Uh, you know, like it's not. I'm very confused about a lot of what's going on in Marvel right sure. now. And so in this, I don't have to worry about it. I'm just like, oh, I don't, I don't even, I don't have to know anything. I'm just gonna follow along, and they're gonna tell me, presumably. My main feeling is I would like whatever shirt Logan has that seems to have some sort of like future material in the armpit area. Mm-hmm. That looks, that looks useful. I'm, I'm moving my way to that. It's a, <laughs> it's a good fitting shirt. I do remember that. And I was like, right. But he's got like some sort of like oh. piping accordion situation there. I, I have like... to imagine that's some sort of super future scent masking and stretchy material that just, it looks great. I think I it's just, it. I think it's just Cordura. <laughs> just heavier. Well, I want it. Yeah. Well, I, I, you can make that happen. Although if you don't have that healing factor, I imagine that's going to lead to chafing, especially in a desert environment. It's a risk I'm willing to take. I, I like that. Um, I don't know. I really I, like. I really like the way Hawkeye's daughter is depicted. Mm-hmm. But I just. I like the kid. I like the idea of a kid who's bored during the apocalypse. Because <laughs> that, like, to me, is realistic. Of, it would be. Yeah, of course, your parents are going to try to keep you safe, and that's going to seem super boring when there's all kinds of other crazy stuff happening in the world. Uh huh. So that's I don't fine. know. I'm into it. I, I really I enjoyed this. I I, yeah. I I I dug reading it. I was I I I read it anyway. I would have read it before it was the patron pick. Um, I'm gonna go so far as to say, I had considered this to be pick of the week a little. Whoa! Bit. But I, I it wasn't quite you know it, basically this is the Mr. Miracle thing. Like it was really good, and on another week it might have made it, but it wasn't Mr. Miracle. Um, and also as I said, Mr. Miracle was largely because of that amazing variant cover. Uh, this cover is terrible. It's just not a. It's just not an interesting cover, and I don't like the logo, and uh, it's 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 not well done. But the book was good, and it was enjoyable. And whoever this is, it. I mean, is part of what you're feeling just one of your favorite characters and the words "old man" right above it? Is that no? Is that... I think that's exactly. That feels like that'd be right up my alley. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I, I had no problem with that at all. You know, I was thinking about this, like, like which Hawkeye is this? But I could kind of make my choice about which Hawkeye it was. And it's, it's my classic eighties Avengers Hawkeye. That's who this is. This isn't, this isn't Matt Fraction Hawkeye who Matt Fraction Hawkeye was super entertaining and obviously one of the most beautiful comic books ever made. Uh, but it ruined the character more. Well, it's just, I, like I feel like that. He just needs to be called Hawkeye. Yeah. Like that's just a different character. My three-year-old said exactly that. I said, what's his name? I said, that's Hawkeye. Hawkeye. And I was like, Oh, not you too. No, but I mean, separate it. Yeah, don't, no, I, I see what you're saying. I don't just, surplant, separate. Yep, I'm fine with that. I'm totally good with that. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's go with ratings. Ratings. What do you give it? I think four. I'm like also a strong gonna, four. I'm gonna go with a four also. That's that's what I'm gonna give. Strong four. I think that's exactly correct. I'm right with you. Sticking with it. Sticking with it. Sticking with it. All right. There we go. That's perfect. So, because of that, um, also going along with that, we have various patrons, again, patreon.com slash ifanboy, who are donating at a certain level, and they have become deserving, the few deserving, of being bestowed with a um, a superpower, either useful or dumb or or anywhere. It's not really, we haven't really put a rule on that. Um, and so let's begin. My first one here is John Harvey, which sounds like a good radio name. Um, and if he stands too near you, you feel, you feel, you feel anxious. Whew. Oh, 
That's gonna be hard for him. It's yeah, it is. But you know, it's about it's about learning your advantages. Uh, but yeah, like all of a sudden, you just feel a little not not bad. It's not horrible. It's not sweating. Like feel like you're just I don't know. Just I'm anxious imagining what that would be like. Right. I, I right. don't like what you've done to me, Josh. <laughs> That's what it's like to stand near John Harvey. Listen, I don't pick this. It just it happens, John. Uh, it's, Imagine it's, like he's in line behind you at the bank. Uh huh. No, did I, did don't I, do this to me. Did I, did I remember? You don't know what's happening. Um, you know, not everyone is a is a is a blessing. Sometimes it's a burden. This uh, is an incident waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one guy who was already too close to the edge. It makes you feel he's a little. You just feel a little uneasy. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. And he can't turn it off. He can't. There's no like because I mean he's got people in his life. He has to be close to someone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I want to talk my way out of it, but I can't. This is what this is what happened. I can't. It's this is this is it. What do you want? All right, John, go to go to Cotillion. Learn like Southern manners, so you can maybe try to overcome the anxiety with just your uh, your charm. That maybe maybe that would be the thing. He would he would just have to evolve into being a very very charming person. And because there exactly are people who can just put you at ease, sure. And that's not a superpower. That's just a, a skill some people have. Yep, I don't. I, don't. <laughs> I think honestly, I I know exactly how you got this superpower, John. Anyway, Zach Smith, um, Josh, I tried to come up with powers that that I thought you would appreciate. Okay, Zach Smith automatically has the accent of whoever he's talking to. I like that a lot. That's good. So he just, whoever he's talking, because I find uh, whenever, you know, if I have to make a phone call to like a call center. Sure. And the person has a decidedly Southern accent, I slip back into where I'm from. As long as you don't do that with with an Indian accent, I think it's okay. No, that's a whole, but but that's something Zach has to deal with, right? Right. Oh, I'm not making fun of you. I can't help it. (laughs) Yeah, no, he can't. Oh, I, he cannot, he cannot help it. (laughs) Isn't it? (laughs) Like, like, just imagine the imagine the Kingsman book with Eggsy, you know, bollocks and shy in it. Like, it's you can't sound help like it. you've been from Derry your whole life. Yeah, like, and it just, for, but he doesn't have to learn the accent. It's just whoever he's talking to, whatever he says to them, just comes out of his mouth in their exact accent. My mom does that to a greatly lesser extent. Hmm. Like, like if she goes and hangs out with people from Philadelphia, she'll be saying water. And it's maddening <laughs> to me. Yeah, no, I could see that. But th- this is his life, and okay. this is how Zach has to live. This is his life. Yeah. Adam Martin uh, is able to adjust the timing of engines just by ear. Interesting. Yeah. That's fi- That's that's not firing right. That's not right. Is this something that's uh, been an issue in your life lately? No, this literally just popped into my head. It doesn't mean anything. My cars, as far as I know, are both running just fine. Okay, well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that yeah. from you. Well, they're both around the 100,000-mile mark, though, so, you know, there's concern in the future, but I've had it all I've had it all updated. I think we're going good, but the fact is, Adam, is a, he's a wizard in the garage, but it mostly has to do with engine timing. I mean, I would hope that he could get a job as a, a producer for Top Gear or Grand Tour or one of those shows. Uh-huh. And, it, well, I don't, I'm wondering how you'd sell that. Well, here's what I can do. And diagnosis start- i mean you know th- there was an entire show it was called house you might not have seen it but like it was all just about diagnosing what the problem was right okay 
Because there's nothing to say that Adam couldn't learn other aspects of automotive engineering. You'd almost have to, just, just by osmosis, really, just being around it. Right. Like, you'd, you'd be kind of a jerk if you had perfect pitch and didn't learn to play piano or whatever instrument. I bet there's lots of those people out there. Yeah, they are. But they might not know they have that power. Yeah, I had true. a friend recently uh, just post on Facebook about how, like, hey, so does anyone else see colors when they hear certain numbers? Synesthesia. He didn't know he had it. Wow. Guy's my age. He had no idea. Huh. And so a bunch of people were like, yeah, dude, you're a synesthete. And and he, he didn't know. He he just had lived his whole life assuming everyone else was like that. Uh, wow. So, Adam, now that you know what your power is, get to work, man. Yep. Or just have a nice small engine repair business. That's also There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, a steady, sustainable business. You need it. A lot of people like me out there, I got to keep their snowblower running. Yeah. What's up next? Oh, man, those tiny little two strokes. Anyway, uh, Michael Gordoner, you're going to I think you're going to hate. I I don't know how you're going to feel about this one, Josh. Let's just let's just say it. Let's not preface it. He gets double the caloric intake from any food he eats. Oh, but like that could benefits and drawbacks, though. Right. Yeah. Like in a crisis where there's one carrot. You're 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 saving money, saving so much money, but like. But think about it. Like, think about how beneficial but also problematic that would be. So caloric benefit, but what about the nutritional benefit? Everything so, is doubled. Okay, okay. So because you wouldn't want to only have a good the caloric question. problem, a but good then question. your nutrition, then you're then you're you're uh, malnourished. Yeah, food essentially works twice as his his metabolism. It's defies the laws of physics sure. it's uncanny as you might you, say you you almost said something and then you realize it scientifically didn't work so you had to say it defied the laws of physics no i knew it defied the laws of physics because you're literally saying this this one donut yes. has x amount of energy in it and and michael gets <clears throat> twice cannot, that energy you cannot create energy from nothing well he can he can so like he really could you know there's there's that idea that superman could do more good for society by running on a treadmill and generating free power for everyone. Mm-hmm. So, like, think about what Michael could do. Well, I'll tell you what, <clears throat> Michael could go either way with that. That could be a really that could be a blessing for him, or it could be a curse. I know. It really depends on Michael himself. That's 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 what these powers are. Fair enough. Uh, get up, get up. Do you want to do this part? You want to you want you want to try to take the reins on selling the Patreon program to people? Yeah. So Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. They uh, tried to change their billing levels or or whatever their cut they were taking and they backed off on that because everyone hated it so um your your donation is secure and safe and patreon.com slash ifanboy is where you go to decide at what level you would like to give and uh there are stretch goals so when we i guess we can i say we yeah sure when they, those other guys, <laughs> reach the goals, uh, cool things happen. So you, you've, you've already got T-shirts. You've got one of his Electro. And you're almost halfway to getting an all-media podcast, which is where, with your support, we will put out one podcast a month featuring something that is not comics but still in the media. And uh, knowing something about Josh's schedule, it's possible I would be involved in that. So <laughs> It's a very good chance I was thinking that, too. Um, so if you want that, and if you're part of the, the small but vocal contingent of people who push me to come back on the show, uh, that might be a thing you're into. There's also a t-shirt well, let's store. Not, let's, not, let's not take the, the credit away from Connor, who decided he had a dream about crabbing. <laughs> well, listen, man. Crab's got a crab, right? <laughs> listen, you can, you can make a killing on a good trip. 
it, yeah, you, I mean, he's a crabby guy, and so this is a good fit. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> if you would like a T-shirt to support uh, iFanboy in that way and wear your support on your chest, iFanboy.threadless.com. There are six designs. There are two classic designs, the iFanboy design and the Herm design. I still have my original iFanboy intern shirt, Josh. Strong. I can picture you in that shirt. It's 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 starting to break down a little bit. I've got a, um, I've got a huge box of them behind me. Well, I'll take uh, one and a large. That's Thank fine. you. You can have the Herm shirt, not based on anything, and four new shirts. <laughs> the Pick of the Week podcast, the ratings, also not based on ratings. anything, mates, and their brand new shirt. If one is electro, as well as the G Dat. God damn American treasure. Um, I feel like most people need to listen to the Patreon patron shows for that. Um, but we, we've been mentioning it. it. It's our, it's our goddamn American treasure shirt. And it's the, uh, the er goddamn American treasure, um, picked, depicted on there, um, somewhat cryptically. Yeah, um, sure. But let's see. I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm I have no idea how that shirt's going to go over because with the electro shirt, I thought, well, that's just stupid. No one's going to want that, but I was wrong. I think, I think Colin Hanks would make a fantastic electro. That's not. Oh my God! You're starting to give it away. More of them are coming soon. I, I don't know about soon, com. but yeah, no, actually, you know, there's there is one more that's that's coming soon. We're working I'm on it. Working on the next fan. one. Just I know that. Words. Just, he'll read anything you put in front of him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you go to ifanboysupport.com, no, wait, I spread that wrong. If you go to ifanboy.com/support, uh, direct donation via PayPal. So if uh, a monthly recurring donation is not necessarily your jam, but you want to support the show that you like, you can do that via PayPal once and only once. And eccentric billionaires are welcome. I'm gonna tell you this much: it's not compulsory. You don't have to do it. But it really helps the people when uh, the people do that. That that really does a lot to keeping this show around and keeping it going. Uh, it, it means a lot to us. So uh, if this is important to you, uh, then you can contribute. Then uh, I, I very much recommend it. And I thank everybody who, who went ahead and did that. And I try to support shows that I like or the things that I like. I think they're all shows. I think everything I, I send to is a show. I'm not sure. As a fellow podcaster, I can say that when it's um, when you've had a long day and you know the show you've recorded and the recording is done, but you got to edit the stupid thing. Ugh. Knowing that there are people who have fronted good money, mm-hmm. their hard earned cash and they're counting on might be a strong word, but they're expecting and they're excited for the product. That makes a difference. It really does. And they, and they put in their investment. Then you feel like you're like, Oh, that's more motivation. That's which is definitely helpful at times. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, we're going to do one of these emails. Uh, Michael from Buffalo says, given the impending departure of Brian Bendis from Marvel and the decision to continue the, the two books featuring characters he created once he's gone, I realize that I don't have any interest in a post-Bendis Miles Morales or Jessica Jones book. Then I got to thinking about the other big, t- other new big two characters who I have or would lose interest in once their creators left, like Batwoman or The Runaways. Do you think that characters created recently can survive and thrive uh, once the unique voice that gave birth to them exits or will eventually fall into obscurity like the Hitman or Nate Gray? That's a very good question, Michael. It is a good question. It's a question I was thinking about specifically with Miles Mar- Oh, sorry, I hit my mic. Um, it's, it's a question I was thinking about specifically about Miles Morales in a post-Bendis world because 
I agree with you. I have no idea what they're going to do with that character without Bendis. And I also don't know that I'm that interested in it. Well, there's 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 different versions. So there's the um, uh, Damien model, which is the second that Grant Morrison walked away. Um, he became a lot less interesting and they've been flogging him since then. And eventually two people, he will be a mainstay and that will just be a thing that they're used to. Then they killed him and brought him back and did everything. But I mean, every other character in comics was also created by somebody else too. And, and that same person is not still writing them, you know, like Stanley is not writing Spider-Man anymore, but we get by and it was a pretty specific way of writing it. So the question is that does that apply to newer characters? Now he it's interesting because he said Batwoman to me, and he also actually said Batwoman and Runaways, and both of those have been written by a lot of different people. Um, you know, originally, but, um, Runaways uh, yeah, I assume Brian right. Vaughn. He's been written by those characters have been written by a ton of people, and some very well. Um, not necessarily the Runaways, you know. Um, team setting, but if you think about Dennis Hopeless uh, with a couple of those characters in Avengers Arena, um, or or um, a Young Avengers situation yep. with Heinberg going yep. to Gillen, Tom 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 King, you know, took a, put Victor in uh, in the Vision book. Uh, it, it's just it's just if it's good or not. Now there's certain characters. I think this is almost an I don't know. That's probably not a newer thing. But were you talking about Miles Morales? I think he might be right about that. Well, I'm going to go I'm going to go out on a ledge here. Okay. If Bendis, you know, we're when we're recording this, uh Bendis had some health issues and very grateful that he was able to to come out the other side of of Absolutely. what he was dealing with. It sounded very scary and serious and I'm I'm just nothing but grateful both from a comics perspective but also just cuz he seems like a right dude. Yeah. perspective that he's okay. Absolutely. Um so his transition from Marvel to DC would have been momentous if he hadn't gotten sick. And so I think there's been a little bit of a damper on it because of that. Mm-hmm. But now he's uh, announced that he's officially over in DC World and whatever comes out from Marvel, he wrote prior to, to everything. Mm-hmm. Now, if they actually give the Miles Morales book to a Latino or an African-American writer and artist, frankly, like mm-hmm. why not go for broke? I think I'll I'll be interested enough to give it a shot. But if it's another Jewish guy from Cleveland, not necessarily as compelled to check it out. You know what though? Let's say that they give Dennis Hopeless the Miles Morales book. Right, a guy who's known for writing good teen books. Like I could I would give that a shot. Like I would like that he'd be good for it. It really depends on point. what they, they choose to do. You've called me out, Joshua. Yeah. You've done it. You've done it again. Yep. I mean, but there's certainly like, you know, I don't want Dan Slott writing him. But yeah, yeah, I I, I think that there's, it would do a disservice to this character that he created who is a diverse character who, who is successful in works and now has a history. It would be a, a pretty big disservice to just let it die on the vine because Bendis didn't write it. It's a good opportunity, both in terms of Miles Morales and Jessica Jones, to bring in other voices that maybe are outside the mainstream. You know, you and I were talking about the YA influence of comics these days. Miles Morales, I think, is a perfect vehicle for that. Jessica Jones, less so, because that's more of an adult. I'm not interested in reading Jessica Jones by anybody else. I don't think I am. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I'm not all that interested in reading Jessica Jones. 
period. Like I, I got it. Like I, I oh, that's enough. I've had enough. But he, but it, it is true that like when he writes her, it works. Um, right up. And it was fun. It was fun to have Gatos back drawing her. Yeah. But also, like the show has so much changed what that character is. And I, I personally believe that her, you know, season one of Jessica Jones was um, the most interesting of that round of Netflix shows. I agree. Th- that I think if you're going to come at that character, you better have something to say. I agree. I agree. And I think it's tough to nail down what that is. But what about any other characters? Are there any other characters besides that that you think are, are precious in a way that that belies them changing hands? No, no, I don't think so. I'm trying to think of specific think so either. characters, but you know, like anybody could at any point can come along and do a thing, either with a new character or an old character. It doesn't matter as long as it's good. And that's the end. You know, like that. Like when they announced that uh, Tom King and Mitch Gerds were going to do Mister Miracle, uh, I didn't quite know what to think at first. There was a slight bit of ambivalence. Um, just because I didn't, I didn't know how I felt about the character or whatever. But the fact is that doesn't matter because it's good, you know, and there's, there's a ton of books like that, that I'm still reading Ms. Marvel and I would not think I would want to be reading Ms. Marvel still, but I'm on my, I, I keep going back to it, you know? So, you know, it's gotta be interesting. Basically like that's what I'm, interesting is almost better than good. It has to be interesting and pretty good. And comics are special because as long as you have a perspective and have an artist who can work with you to um, generate that perspective and help you tell that story. And I'm not trying to discount the role of artists, but I'm just trying to say, like, it's a collaboration. There's there's always that baton style handoff in comics that doesn't exist in other media. It's existing more and more in movies. Is that a. It does. I mean, in TV, I mean, that's always been a thing. Yeah. Like, like the person who created the characters isn't the one who's going to write all the scripts outside of Aaron Sorkin. So, well, I mean, your your favorite show was directed by a number of different directors who came through for just that one episode. The cast members were the same. Yep. Um, and and guess what? They got old, and so that's why Firefly's not coming back. Yeah. It's it's you know like yeah somebody could write a good Firefly script, but when you have real people who age, it doesn't work the same way as characters who can be drawn at the same age forever. Speaking of scripts, this is a complete non sequitur, but I just want you to imagine for a moment how many shitty black mirror spec scripts are going around Hollywood right now. I would like not to imagine that. It's just imagine how, but I'm going to ask you to imagine here's, here's, I'm going to tell you to imagine, imagine the steampunk one. All right. Think about that. God, there's just, there's just horrible people trying to write sci-fi dystopia who have no idea what that actually means or what it feels like. There's just, and there's hundreds of them. Anyway, that's a dystopia. That is- there you go. That's my episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> I did it. All right, let's move along. If you would like to write in, uh, do it on a week where we talk less. Uh, contact at ifanboy.com is also the email that you would send that to. Um, let's talk about some of the other podcasts coming up. Uh, I believe that Black Panther is out next month, which seems like an odd odd time. I guess it's Black History Month, but it's also the month where they typically dump the shittiest movies. So that's kind of a double-edged sword. Somebody here is going to be talking about Black Panther, uh, and all I really want to hear is him talking that accent for the whole movie because I really like it. I also am a big fan of African accents. I know it's sort of a weird pan-African accent that they're doing in the film. Yeah, totally. It's a vaguely West African accent. But I've seen like Chadwick Boseman talk about why he's using that accent. Like it's a 
it is a conscious choice. Yeah. And like the fact that he's put that much thought into the character alone makes me, I would have seen it anyway, but yeah. like extra hyped. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm totally down for it. So there will be a show on that next month uh, as we approach it. Um, people have asked us about the Punisher. Um, that train has sailed a little bit. Um, I don't know when anybody's going to have time, but I can tell you. This. You know how trains are always sailing places. That's an Austin Powers reference. <laughs> is it, it really? Yeah. like I mean, like it, it is morphed over time, but he says at one point that train has sailed and I say it all the time just because I, I like have never it. picked up on that. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Uh, okay, okay. It might be one of the other. It might not be the first one. I don't really remember, but that's I think that's where it comes from. Fair uh, enough. And I literally say it all the time. Uh, so I've actually watched a couple episodes of Punisher. Um, and here's, I, I'm not going to do that show. It's not going to be a thing that's probably going to happen, but here's what I can tell you. It's fine. It's the Punisher. Yeah. So every time a whole series comes out, I, I don't know. Uh, anyway, so it's possible we'll end up talking about it at some point, uh, maybe in a lesser formal setting, but I, I, I've watched a little of it. It's, it's probably unlikely. Um, there's only so much time in the day. Um, we have a bookslode, uh, that we will be recording next week. This is our, 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 our book or collected edition, or graphic novel, or trade, or whatever. Um, this month we're going to do Cena Grace's Iceman, the Volume One thawing out. Um, it took me a long time to get that title, mm-hmm. like the the thawing out yeah. joke. I see, I get it. Um, I owe you a Talksplode creator uh, uh, interview from December. Um, I'm going to make one more attempt at my guess for then, and then I'm going to find an alternate, but there will be one before the end of this month. And then there will be one in February because that is the deal that we made with the patrons. Um, so look forward to that. So again, if you want to be ahead of time, make sure you read that, that Iceman book, which was canceled, but um, we're still going to read it anyway because I believe that it is significant. Um, go over to iFanboy.com. You can find all of our other podcasts. You can like Facebook.com slash iFanboy, and you can follow at iFanboy on Twitter to find out what the pick is before the show comes out. And you can follow us individually at J.A. Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram and CS Kilpatrick on Instagram because he ran away from Twitter like the smart, smart person he is. Ryan, you are Haupt, H-A-U-P-T on, on Twitter. Do you have the same one on Instagram? Is that a thing? No, I had to go Ryan Haupt on Instagram. There's a uh, men's shirt company that is is Haupt. It's from Germany. Ooh. Uh, is, there, are there, is there anything you would like to d- direct people towards? Uh, I got a website. It's ryanhaupt.com. So I know I plug my podcast, Science Orb, uh, which is at scienceorb.com, but I just got a website. It's ryanhop.com. You can go learn about my research, learn about my other outreach activities. Um, I kind of I had, I had a moment. I kind of blew up a little bit when uh, me and my buddy posted a carbon footprint of superheroes thing. I saw that. You did see that. Um, you said it was one giant. Well, actually, <laughs> and, um, I know you. <laughs> But I didn't. Oh, well, I know. I'm not going to. I'm not going to defend it. I'm not going to thematically. It. It's um. It was fun. It was essentially, yes. we all, uh, people in my community are are conscious and and thinking about their carbon footprint. But it's also kind of a bummer. Sure. And so if you can think about it in terms of Tony Stark instead of how you're screwing up, it's just more fun. I agree. But it teaches you the same lessons about our interaction with the world. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that, and uh, you can find that on The Washington Post. And hey, if you dig this show, you can write a review for it on iTunes. Uh, I know I get so much crap for our show about people who are like, I don't listen to it on iTunes. But it doesn't matter if you listen to it on iTunes. Most people listen to podcasts via iTunes. So whatever your preferred method is, know that podcasts l- survive thanks to iTunes. And um, 
Also, word of mouth. Word of mouth is huge. So if you tell your friends about the podcast, that's a really great way to get that out there because um, getting someone to subscribe to a new podcast is a unreasonably large hurdle. And so only by advocating and really showing your passion for a show will you actually get new people to subscribe. So tell your mom because your mom's already on your side. She wants to like the things you like. Uh, tell her cares. about this show. Yeah. And, and use that to help spread the iFanboy love. That'll do. Thank you uh, for joining us once again. Um, hopefully, Connor makes it back. Otherwise, uh, you could find yourself with a lot more responsibility. Well, I think the listeners are going to find themselves a lot more solo Josh shows. <laughs> Will they? I'm Josh. <laughs> oh, no. I'm Ryan. We will see you next week, some of us. See you next week. <laughs>